Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Be a part of the best pro wrestling podcast today by supporting the Going In Raw Patreon. You can enjoy access to the live taping of the show, exclusive merchandise, and patron-only episodes, and so much more. Support Going In Raw today. Click the link in the description. This is Charlotte, and you're watching Going In Raw. That sounds terrible. What's up? This is the most musty WWE superstar of all time and his lovely, gorgeous wife. <laughs> and you are Going In Raw. What's up? It's your girl, Sasha Banks, legit boss, and you are watching Going In Raw. Oh, baby, I like it raw. Oh, baby, I like it raw. And you are tuned in to Going In Raw right now. How you doing? Hey, Brendo, Steve here. And Lars. And welcome to Going In Raw, the only pro wrestling podcast you're going to be listening to right here at youtube.com forward slash Stephen Larson and anywhere fine podcasts are available. Be sure to hit that subscribe button. And if you got a phone, if you got one of these iOS devices, especially if it's you know an iOS device, it's like an iPhone, be sure to hit subscribe on the podcast. I, I keep on looking. at We're not even in the top 200. And I see other podcasts that shouldn't be above us, but they seemingly are. Like, what the heck? I'll tell you, Steve. Bugging the crap out of me, Michigan Insider. Why does Michigan Insider get to be on, on college like, football season? They don't even out, have any. Man. They don't even have any ratings. College football. Golflandia? Man. Are you kidding me? Golf. I'm sure they're nice people. I'm sure these these are good people. Is this what this this intro is gonna be? Is you complaining about? Look, man. On we the need people. Structure? Maybe this is what it is. Androids taking over market share. Maybe more of our people are buying Android devices and listening to, my, listening to our show on Android devices and not so much on iTunes. This is just iTunes. No. This is just one small piece of a larger pie. No, I know, but I notice our audio numbers are not as good as I think they once were. I think we need to stress that people need to be hitting that subscribe download button on their audio device. Let's make a push. Go ahead and leave a rating or a review, and then you'll get a shout-out on the show. How about that? All right, fine. Do a rating or review... On the pod, iOS podcast thing, yeah, I'm shilling for numbers. I don't care. This is what I'm doing now. Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Steve Lines. I'm not even shilling for like, I'll throw out the Patreon thing, but you know, I don't we we even care about that. You know what we haven't mentioned in a while on the Patreon thing? We care about the rankings. Our $200,000 tier. We haven't talked about that in a while. Because it doesn't actually exist. We put it on the thing, but Patreon didn't let us know that it doesn't exist. Like, you can't do that. Nobody can physically... Technically, technologically speaking, well, they can't do do it through a couple clicks on Patreon. So if somebody all of a sudden puts in uh, twenty, what would it be twenty? Yeah, twenty 
$9,999.99 or whatever it is. Yeah. 20 of those, 20 yeah. of those pledges. Yeah, that would count. Yeah. That would count. So you can do that. And then Larson will too sweet. It's the only way it's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, programming note, we're doing a SummerSlam live stream, reaction live stream. That's what we're doing. We're not going to be showing you guys SummerSlam. You can get that for free in the network. If you've never... If Three you've months ne- free now if you've never done a trial before. Three months. I, I think... I wonder if, if the logic there is people will remember to cancel after one month. After three months, they won't remember to cancel. That could be. That could be. Because they're giving a lot away. They're, they're giving a lot of that stuff away for free. Let me ask you something. Mm. Had the WWE Network gone to 20... Let's, let's say off the bat, they said... It's only nineteen ninety nine a month. You get all the pay-per-views for free, including WrestleMania and all this great content. Would you have done it? Yeah. Of course. There's a lot of great stuff on I there. I feel like off the bat, it was one of those things where they said, nine ninety nine a month. And then when they made that public, somebody was like, that's a really low price. We probably could have doubled that, and nobody would have known the difference. Everybody, we still would have had the same numbers. Left. I don't know if they had the same number, but it wouldn't. I don't know if how, how large of a hit they would have taken. I think, yeah, I know. They probably should have started off at twenty. Anyways, they should great. start at like twelve ninety nine. It's a great deal, though. Oh, it really is. It really is. Man. Also, uh, another programming note: um, we're trying something a little different on Dirt Sheet this week. Mm-hmm. I think. Guess we haven't one hundred percent decided. <laughs> Wait. Oh yeah. Yeah. We're, changing, we're, we're, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna alter the format of the show a bit. Yeah. Um, still make it topical, uh, news-centric, but not so much, because we're doing all these daily news videos now. Yeah, people seem to like them. Yeah, they're doing really well. People seem to really like them. We don't want to repeat ourselves. No, so Dirt Sheet is not going to be strictly about reporting news. Yeah. It's going to be about analyzing news. Right now, we're in a transitionary period where we're still doing daily podcast content, but we're adding in that daily news, like the news brief mm-hmm. in the morning. Um, and so that has to kind of change some of our programming. I think what we're going to do is Monday is going to be the weekend news roundup. We'll probably start calling that Dirt Sheet. Yeah, Dirt Sheet Live. Exactly, because that's going to be live, unless we're doing like a A pay-per-view review. review. Which you will be on Monday. So I I don't know what we're doing there. But it's it's a feeling out process. We're figuring things out. All it means, honestly, for you guys watching or listening is more content. That's all all it really means. Really? So, so, but in terms of just like formatting, I think what we're going to do later on today when we actually film uh, Dirt Sheet uh, we're going to be uh, breaking down the SummerSlam match. It's going to be kind of our predictions episode, but we're yeah. going to take a different approach to it. Uh, yeah. Another thing, um, since we're doing this change with Dirt Sheet, it's going to change how we utilize video questions. Okay. So going forward, um, we'll go into more specifics later. Video questions are, are hopefully going to be a pretty important part of the show, mm-hmm. um, but they'll have to be formatted differently mm-hmm. for this week. Concerning, uh, we have our, our topic of discussion. There's a pretty good possibility. I'll go through the video questions that were submitted this week and see if any of them apply. There might not be video questions. Well, we should we should do like you know we if we have them, they're paying the Patreon the twenty dollars oh, Patreon I know, I know, mark. I know. We'll just we'll just we'll All right, do fine. it. I think we'll do them at the end of the episode. There's two of them. There you go. All right. But going forward, like I said, we'll go into more detail later mm-hmm. on um, about how we want these video questions to apply to the format of the show. Yeah, but I think it'll be a cool interactive um, um, thing that we can do with patrons. In terms of them bringing topics to us for yeah, us to good. discuss. Yeah. Anyways, let's move on to 205 Live NXT. Two really good episodes, um, especially 205 Live. I really oh, speaking of live, really uh, it. we're doing a live show in Los Angeles with Brian Zane from Wrestling with Regret at the Meltdown Comics Nerdist Showroom. 
is what they call it officially. Um, you can check out those link in the description. Uh, if you're going to be in the L.A. area September 24th for No Mercy, uh, you can stop by. Check out the our live show a couple hours before No Mercy begins. Our show ends. So, yay for us. Yes. Um, check it out. It should be a lot of fun. Right? I'm it really should be. Maybe we'll go to No Mercy, too, while we're there. No Mercy. Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> we're figuring. Apparently, it's a hot ticket right now. Is no, it? No Mercy is a bit of a hot ticket right now. Yeah, it's hard to find hard to find cheap tickets for that right now. Well, it's because they're expensive. You you can go and get them, you know, on sale right now. It's not secondary market. They're um, expensive. There's expensive right out the bat. What right is the bat? How how expensive are they in well, the secondary like, market? I don't know. Probably more expensive than they are if you just bought them through Staples Center. No mercy. All right. Anyway, like floor seats are like five hundred bucks. Let's talk about floor seats are five hundred bucks. Yeah. What about just a lower bowl? Like one hundred fifty. We'll see. Pay per view. Uh, two hundred five live. Uh, good episode this yeah, week. Yeah, great episode. I really enjoyed it. It was it was good. You know, two, that's the, the one benefit that two hundred five live. I, I would prefer they have takeover style events, but I mean, you do get a lot of blow off matches and a lot. Like everything happens on two hundred five live, yeah. unless it's like you know a title change on Raw or or, or a pay per view. But even like the opening uh, tag team match, which you know, especially on Raw when they have two hundred five live uh, tag team matches on there, it feels like filler. Yeah, so there's no story development going yeah. on. In this match, first, there was some story development. A little bit. A little bit. two, it was fantastic. Yeah, it was a really good match. It was a lot of fun. Look, man, you put Grand Metalik. Oh, Grand, nobody says his name like Morrow. Oh, Grand yeah. Metalik. Put him in any match, and it's going to be, in, it's a recipe for instant fun. Yeah. It really is. And tear him off against Drew Gulak. Yeah, he's great. Who are, in terms of their characters, uh, in the wrestling style specifically, opposites. Yeah. It's good stuff. And then you have Tony Neese and Cedric Alexander, who the, the, that's got the makings right there for a fantastic feud. They seem to have, you know, I really love Tony Neese's, like, theme music might be, like, top seven for me in wow. the WWE. It's really fun. And it yet, is. he's a heel. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's inspiring almost. It is, it, it is very inspiring. Maybe the idea is to inspire people to, to put forth the effort to look like him. Amazing. What do you think of Gargano's new theme music? You know, it's, it's, I listened to it when we were at the house show. Like, musically, it sounds not dissimilar from DIY's theme. It just okay. has vocals. Like, the chord changes yeah, sound yeah, similar. Yeah, yeah. It just has vocals. I mean, I think it sounds like a lot of the crap that people are listening to today, which makes me sound incredibly old, and I'm fine with that. Yeah. But I feel like Tony Nese's theme song, they should just give that to Gargano. It's timeless. Because I want you <laughs> does. It's very uplifting. Gargano's a hell of a wrestler. Yeah, uh, yeah match against Tatami at the house show was great. He's fantastic. I'm looking, yeah, he's, that's going to be a, a show stealer. Yeah. Um, uh, so this match, a lot of fun, a lot of great spots. Mm-hmm. Um, Cedric Alexander pulled off the win after he uh, gave uh, Gulak a lumbar check. Yeah. Gulak sold the hell out of it, too. Yeah, certain people sell, can sell that lumbar check really, really yeah, well. Yeah, he had pain all over his face. Yeah. Sold. It was fantastic. He's really good. That's, you know, that that's the feud. So is their feud simply going to be over the the concept of who is the most premier athlete? Oh, Cedric and uh, Tony Neese. Who is the premierest athlete? Yeah. That's all it needs to be, man. Yeah, I know. Because they are both premier athletes. It really, what, what 205 Live does really well, for the most part, is, is they have very well-established characters, well-developed mm-hmm. characters. Yeah. They put them in storylines that are... For the most part, pretty simple. Yeah. They make sense. They're well-motivated. Yeah. And then through matches and character development, they enhance the story. Yeah. No, they don't, they don't do good. a whole lot of complicated stuff like they do on the main roster. Right. They don't need it. Yeah, exactly. It works off. It comes off so much better when they don't do that. You know. 
next up we had oh this was good so for, we got the first glimpse of Neville post title loss oh man he Noam Dar he's great he's a treasure fantastic. he's a treasure Noam Dar Arya Davari and Lince Dorado were all in the locker room and uh, they were all uh, very you know it's it's the peasants being happy that the king has been toppled yes. essentially that's yes. what it was and then uh, as Noam Dar was talking about it not paying attention Lince Dorado Taps him on the chest, and Noam Dar looks, and of course, camera backs up a little bit, and and uh, Neville had entered, looking like he hadn't. I mean, brilliantly, like they did makeup or something, looked like he had not slept. Oh, it was a simple touch that he didn't put water in his hair, <laughs> and so his hair was kind of frizzy. That's right. It was great. That's right. It was fantastic. between that and then you notice the 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 puffy red eyes yeah. later on a lot more than this segment, but just yeah. the way he carried himself, he was kind of just dejected. His, his posture was awful. Yeah, it was great. Like he was stew. He had just been stewing ever since he lost that title. And so they all leave. Mm-hmm. He stews for a bit more, grabs a chair, and throws against the wall. Yeah, it was fantastic. Uh, next up, we had. Uh, <laughs> this was actually pretty good. I liked. This it. was actually pretty good. I like this man. Like the the Brian Kendrick Jack Gallagher feud started off terribly, and now we have paranoid Brian Kendrick, but, and but it's kind of neat. That's the thing is that it led to this, and it kind of perfectly led to this because his his promos were so poorly executed, but yeah. it worked for this, and it's giving us a whole new dimension with both these guys. So it was Brian Kendrick versus Mustafa Ali. Um, it was. It's, I mean, it was a good match. Yeah, it was really good. It was good. We had somebody. Let's see, Kendrick. Oh yeah, the part where Kendrick put uh, Ollie's foot in the, the ring steps. in the ring steps was, was really good. Do it. Yeah, but like the for the first part of this match, uh, uh, Brian Kendrick's head was somewhere else. He mm-hmm. was worried about uh, Jack Gallagher. Yeah. Coming out and beating up a bit, so he was distracted, and, and Mustafa Ali took advantage of it and was doing some really cool stuff. Yeah. Eventually, Kendrick got his head in the match. Um, at one point, knocking Mustafa Ali off the top rope right. when he was when Ali was getting ready to do his inverted 450, and uh, Ali takes some nasty looking bumps. Yeah, he does. Like he this really one, does. His head it's just weird. Flush right in the turnbuckle. It's so weird. Fine. Um, Kendrick p- puts Ali in the captain's hook, but Ali gets the ropes, and after that, you mentioned we're. Kendrick traps Ollie's foot in the ring steps, is about to do something, and then Jack Gallagher comes out. Out of nowhere, just waylays uh, Brian Kendrick and just starts destroying him. It's he's great. Serious Jack Gallagher now. Yeah, he's serious, uh, bare knuckle brawler yeah. Jack Gallagher. Yeah. Uh, so he does that. Kendrick once again uh, runs away uh, through the crowd, just looks absolutely like freaked out. Uh, later on, we'll just we'll fast forward. Oh, later on, uh, Dosh is waiting backstage, and Kendrick, Kendrick comes running by her with like all of his gear that he pulled from his locker, like he's just escaping a fire, and uh, he's like being evacuated. And then she stops him, and she's like, "What's going on with you know you and Jack Gallagher?" And he's like, "He's everywhere. I know. He's everywhere. I you know, he's like, I didn't know it was going to be like this." And then he was like, "Well, maybe." Maybe if, if I can't do this on my terms, I'll do it on his terms. So next week, maybe I'll have a duel with Jack Gallagher. So they're going to have a duel. I know, that's great. Really hope they bring some old-timey pistols. That's probably not going to happen to this. It'd be great. Um, going back earlier in the show, Rich Swan interview. Mm-hmm. Talking about his match he's supposed to have against TJP that night. I feel this is a bit of a step back for the Rich Swan interview. Because he was, he was too in-character guy. And he... <laughs> What was with the Jordy LaForge? I don't know. Glasses? We've worn those before. Has he? Yeah. All right. I hadn't noticed before. 
they're out of place. He, you know, takes them off, lifts them up, and he starts doing his, like, just too much Rich Swan. I like when he dials it back yeah, a bit. Yeah, he's too. more relatable when he dials it. When he, yeah. he dials it back a bit, and he puts on uh, the Walmart sweatpants, which, again, he does, didn't have, I don't think, tonight. No, he had, uh, he had uh, his uh, trunks on. Trunks on, which aesthetically are way more pleasing. I just prefer Walmart sweatpants. Yeah. We can do. Yeah. So uh, Arya Davari comes out and says, well, too bad for you, Rich Swan. Mm-hmm. TJP is hurt. Mm-hmm. Your match against him is canceled. You have a match against me. Yeah. Which is what happened next. Yes. Another good match. Yeah. Um, Rich Swan kind of had the upper hand for most of it until uh, he went to the top rope to go to for a, a Phoenix Splash. Um, TJP's music hits. He walks down on crutches. Distracts Rich Swan. Davari takes advantage, knocks him off the top rope, and wins with his hammerlock clothesline. Yeah. Um, what's the deal with the crutches? No, I think he's actually hurt. Yeah. Do we know when that happened? No. Okay. All right. Because he had a, a leg brace on, too. Yeah. Did they mention that? Uh, do you remember them mentioning that at all? Just only in that interview with Davari. Okay. Nothing else as far as I know. All right. <clears throat> uh, let's see here. Then we had... Oh, then to, to finish things off, we had... Uh, Akira Tozawa's Cruiserweight Championship celebration. Uh, during the night, they, they, they went back once or twice to Titus O'Neil, celebrating with various people backstage. At one point, he was celebrating with, I could assume, was like one of the writers. Um, and he was trying to dance with him, and then the guy started dancing, and it was not to Titus O'Neil's liking. So he said, you know, maybe this is not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, this was... Uh, uh, it was really. <laughs> I love Akira Tozawa. Oh, he's great. He seems like, and it's funny because everybody says that he's like the nicest guy. Yeah. Um, but he gives him the mic, and he's like, uh, you know, this was a dream come true of mine. Uh, and uh, and then of course it's interrupted by Neville. Neville, who just <laughs> insomniac <laughs> Neville. Titus even says, Neville, you look horrible. <laughs> you look horrible. Like right you haven't now. slept in in days. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. Um, but anyways, uh, Neville very upset, obviously. He goes to attack Tazawa. Mm-hmm. That backfires. Mm-hmm. Tazawa gets the upper hand. Yeah. Um, Neville uh, brought up a, a, a running clock on the Titan Tron. Yeah. Saying, this is how much longer you have being champion at SummerSlam. I'm going to get it back. Yep. Yep. So it's going to be interesting if this is if this is what, if this is the taste of Neville without the championship. I'm really excited to see where this is going to go. I feel at SummerSlam, there's no way that he's going to. Go over. I think he's not going to get it back. We're going to get to see more Neville just descending into like madness, depression. Yeah, without the uh, without the title, I think it's going to be really good. Yeah, I think so too. Again, developing and they, they can milk it for a long time. Yeah, and again, developing really good characters mm-hmm. and building on their stories through matches. Yeah, it's absolutely. good stuff. Yeah. Next NXT, another pretty solid episode of NXT. Main event was great. Yeah, it was the go home for uh, for takeover. Yeah, it was the actual go home. We're gonna do our takeover predictions today too. Steve. Ooh, oh! After we do this recap, of course. See, if you're a five dollar and a patron and you're watching this live stream, you could have seen Larson do his GFW Destination X Destino X, knowing absolutely nothing about their product. Yeah, it's good. It is good. So, Steve, mm. kick us off. Uh, first off, we have the women's title match contract signing. William Regal comes out and introduces Oscar. Mm-hmm. Uh, first, uh, no, first Ember Moon oh, yeah, comes Ember out. Moon, sorry, then Oscar. Um, Ember Moon gets up on the mic and she basically says, "You know, you've you, you've had a great run. You're great, G- big streak, beating Goldberg streak. However, there is one. She said, 
You haven't taken shortcuts with anybody in the ring except for me. Two takeovers ago, you shoved a ref in the way. And then uh, last takeover, I couldn't even be there because you injured me. Uh, but now this is this is it. This is your time. You're yeah. done. Um, Ember Moon seems uh, it, 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 like her promos. I, I'm not into the promos. Yeah, I know. They, they just don't fit. They're not convincing. I feel like I feel like she could benefit more than a lot of people from simply being herself. Like I, I honestly think she's a person who all her passion and energy is in her in-ring work. And so she needs to find out how to just get, deliver an effective promo by being herself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? No, I know what you mean. Because I just feel when she tries to kick it up to 11, it just looks like she's trying. Yeah, I know. Um, but her in-ring work is fantastic. Yeah. Like, it really is. And so if, if she just lets that speak for itself, then she'll be great. Um, so, I don't know. We'll see what happens in the takeover. Asuka. Oh, but then the, the, the problem also is juxtaposing that with Asuka, who then gets on the mic and just rips her in Japanese, which was fantastic. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. And the crowd, here, here's the thing. Here's the thing, too, is that that crowd, they can smell, they, they understand authenticity. Yeah. And they will back you if you're simply authentic. And Ember Moon, when she's delivering those community theater-esque promos, just doesn't come off as authentic. So, yeah, I know. And it's, know. It's, it's interesting, too, because I think part of the authenticity aspect of it is her packaging is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Her in, in-ring work is fantastic. Yeah. But I, I don't feel like they've invested nearly as much time in developing her character right, yeah. as they have the other aspects of her wrestling persona. He, here's, what, here's what I think it is. It's an interesting, it's an interesting sort of turnabout, because I think they've spent a lot of time trying to invest in her character. That's the problem. Look at Ruby Riot. Mm-hmm. How much time does she get on the mic? Yet you know exactly who she is. And I think part of the, maybe part of the problem with Ember Moon too is is based on her packaging, you expect a certain thing. <laughs> and we said yeah. this a long time ago that she should have some mystique about her. Yeah. Not necessarily be some sort of supernatural yeah. gimmick, but she should definitely have mystique. And when we saw her entrance at the house show here, I mean, it's like, wow. Mm-hmm. You see a lie? It's impressive. Yeah, it really is. It's, it, 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 it really backs up the idea that she should have a certain mystique about could her. Could you imagine if she, the entire time she'd been in NXT, she had, could you imagine how effective it might have been? And I'm not saying this is something I necessarily wanted, but look at Aleister Black. If Ember Moon had never said one word, mm-hmm. never said one word, mm-hmm. and we're at this point, mm-hmm. And she was just devastating people with that eclipse, which mm-hmm. is a fantastic mm-hmm. move. That's, I mean, that actually I think would have been more effective than putting her on the mic. Oh, I think so too. Yeah. You know, it's it's going to be the same way. Like, I mean, I've seen Alistair Black, you know, talk in like some uh, uh, internet exclusive YouTube exclusive things, um, or like on Twitter or whatever. But he hasn't delivered an entering promo yet, and he's fantastic. Yeah, you know, he's Let's one of the most over guys on the roster. So I just think I mean, the fun. The, the thing is, I know I, I will guarantee she can talk. Yeah, it's just she needs to be herself, and she's trying to be something I think that she's not. So it's a weird thing where I think they have tried to to invest but, time. But like, if I ask you, what's Ember Moon's character? Yeah, I know. No, I'm asking you, what is Ember Moon's character? Well, I don't know because it's all over the map. Yeah, that's the thing. It's you know, it's somebody who who sees herself as true competition for Asuka, but at the same time, like, she's supposed to be this werewolf person. I don't know. Yeah. You know, I don't get it. I don't know. 
So, anyways. Uh, moving on. After that, I had a great segment backstage between William Regal and Lars Sullivan. Oh, my God. I love this so much. I love I, I, I My only thing about this Lars Sullivan stuff, are they... Are they going to try to die? Is, is this going to be like, are they trying to be, do a comedy thing with him? Because it is. I mean, that's oh, what I it is. Well, I mean, he, 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 there's a comedy aspect, but it's, I don't, there, his storyline is a comedy storyline, but I don't see him as a comedy wrestler. Yeah, 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 yeah. But the fact that he picked up a guy last night and took him outside. And dumped him in a garbage can. <laughs> yeah. That's oh, a I comedy know. thing right there. That's no, I know. That's a comedy thing right now. But I know what you're saying. But he's, he's not, not being Giannis. portrayed as yeah, the comedy, right, right? Yeah, yeah. He's being portrayed as a serious, a scary, a scary monster competitor. Guy. Yeah, yeah. So William Regal or Lars Sullivan goes into Regal's office and pleads with him, "Give me another try." And number Give one, me chance. I want another tag team partner. He's really good. Talk about natural. Yeah. This guy. <laughs> this guy. I really feel like he's talking from the heart when he does. I mean, how many people really? Can pull off backstage acting segments. Not a lot. I know. It's it's and not come off that as natural, easy. I know. And come off as completely natural. I feel like this guy's had. I feel like this guy went to Juilliard. I really do. He comes off as so natural. He seems so sincere when he's asking Regal for another shot because for some reason he wants to be a tag team wrestler. Yeah, which again is bizarre. He wants to be a tag team wrestler. He doesn't say that, but he's begging Regal for another opportunity to get in the ring with a tag partner, and he's promising him, I will not destroy him in the ring. Because yeah. Regal says, every time you've destroyed your tag team partner in the ring, and i got to make sure he's, okay, I promise I'm not going to do that. So, of course, Regal, I don't know if Regal's trolling him or what, because he keeps on teaming him with these lumps, with, like, these sub-lumps. Yeah. They're worse than lumps. Chris Silvio. Yeah. Hilariously bad. Yeah. It's so funny... Like the, the the guys they bring up, or they're 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 digging out, and I don't know where they're getting them, but he's he looks like a reject from the Matrix. He's got like a long leather coat on and sunglasses. He, he looks but he's like, all he like, looks like this is what I thought when I saw him. It was like okay, we really want to sign Adam Cole, but Adam Cole's under contract. <laughs> yeah, we'll get this a couple guy. people on Twitter said that too. Said we'll get this guy who kind of looks like Adam yeah. Cole. Yeah, Chris Silvio, baby. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so, Chris uh, Silvio, honey. Lars Sullivan and Chris Silvio took on Street Profits. <laughs> I love the Street Profits. They're so man. good. I love this. They could be. I, I was watching them again last night, and I was like, these guys have the potential to be so over on main roster. They really do. They really do. And again, more of that Montez Ford dancing where he can. It's like he he breathes and he starts floating in the air. <laughs> he looks so light. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, man, it's so good. Anyways, um, Lars Sullivan tells Chris Silvio, look, I'm starting this. I am starting this match. I want to get some action in, yeah. right? And so uh, Chris Silvio, you know, says, okay, but then sprints out to the middle of the yeah, ring. Yeah, right as the bell rings. Starting the match, and the ref says, Lars, you got to get, you know, he's starting it. you got to get back. Lars is pissed off to start the match. Street pop profits immediately dominate. Montez at one point just goes off into the crowd and starts celebrating with them. Yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, while um, Angelo Dawkins takes uh, takes over, they dominate, end up pinning him. Um, there was a great moment where uh, Montez goes over to Lars. He ends up in that area and is about to taunt him a little bit. And Lars, what does Lars say exactly? Oh, I don't remember what he, he says. He says something like. Uh, he says something like, let him tag me in or something. And Montez just says, no. 
and he runs away. So they're selling yes. how how scary Lars yes. Sullivan is. Um, they end up winning in easy fashion, just dominating this poor kid, Chris Silvio. They leave. Lars Sullivan, everybody, the commentator. Moro, Moro, I really enjoy Moro on NXT. Oh, I do too. I really do. Because for one thing, his he still drops a couple of pop culture references, but they are way more obscure oh, yeah. than anything that's happening in current pop culture. Oh, yeah, he referenced some 80s new wave band last Yeah, time. that's that's fantastic. Yeah, that's fine. That's really good stuff. Um, so anyway, Lars Sullivan picks up Chris Silvio, slings him over his shoulder. Well, everybody's expecting him to destroy him. Right, exactly. Instead, he takes him backstage. Yeah, and everybody's like, okay. And they actually start moving on with the show. They go to like a video package of some sort, and then Morrow kicks in and says, hold on a second. Wait, we got to stop this. We've gotten reports of something going on backstage. Lars is taking him backstage. He opens the door to leave. Yeah. It's like a little patio area. <laughs> a little patio area with a dumpster, and he, like, choke slams him into the dumpster. He yeah. throws him in there. Yeah. He says, go away, or whatever. Oh, it was great. It was fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Lars Sullivan, one of my new favorites. The dude is so... It's just, how are they going to resolve... This guy should be a monster. It's just going to be cut from a different cloth, I guess. Yeah. Because I love everything about it. You just how are they going to get people to understand that a character like that on the mic? You know, you think that he's going to have like this Braun Strowman esque yeah, attitude. He's relatively soft spoken. <laughs> he's soft spoken. Seems fairly diplomatic. He just has that that Hulk temper. Yeah, you know, which might be the thing. Maybe he'll he'll plead with Regal for one more chance, and Regal will pair him with. I'm just throwing his name out because we saw him take on Lars Sullivan in the house show, mm-hmm. Pony Lorcan. Yeah, there you go. And then that will be the start of, of Lars Sullivan's first real feud. Alex T. here in Patreon chat uh, noted, uh, notes that uh, Montez only been wrestling for two years. For two years. That's insane. And he's so good. He's yeah, he so is. athletic. And he, he's, he's, he's picked it up. Oh, yeah. So good. They're such a fun team. Man. Oh, yeah, they are. Uh, next, we had Ruby Riot take on Billy Kay. Of course, this is uh, because last week when I, wa- I watched this again, I watched this again. Uh, it's, it's funny. This is all. This all just happened because Ruby Riot happened to be walking in the background <laughs> of a makeup tutorial for the iconic duo Billy Kay. The the cra- they didn't crack me up. They re- they replayed the, yeah, they replayed the, the iPhone video. tutorial thing. And when Ruby Riot shows up back there, Billy Kay starts saying, Ruby Riot, Ruby yeah. Riot. And I'm like, that's hilarious. What is she even doing? Like, what is that impersonation supposed to be of? It's just hilarious. I love them. I think they're great. Here's the thing that I love about this, watching this over or watching this. And I know I've seen it before, but like Billy Kay, when they redebut her mm-hmm. and she has that, that music, right? Yeah, yeah. And then she has this very... It's like this flowing cape. That a she very villainous yeah. thing, you know? Yeah. And a flowing cape. And she's supposed to be this, like... I don't know. Like, that's all I can think of. I can think of, like, I don't know, a villain out of a Disney cartoon yeah, yeah, where, yeah, like, yeah. the princess and you got yeah, your yeah, villain. Yeah, totally, totally. Right? And so somebody who, again, very mystique, you know? You don't expect her. But now she comes out she's doing that shit. <laughs> And it's hilarious. The juxtaposition there is so great. Oh, I know. It's so weird. But she comes down. And remember we had said before, what's Billy Kay's ceiling? And we said, this is probably it. And no, it's not. Because now she's doing this stuff and there's loads of personality. I know. It's great how they can bring that out. My favorite part of this match is when Ruby Riot was mocking this thing. I was cracking up. It was so good. And they were getting so pissed off about it. 
I really love Ruby Riot. I think yeah, she's, she's great. Hell of a wrestler. She's, she's great. Fantastic. She fantastic. She don't have a match to take over this week, does she? No, she doesn't. That's a bummer. Um, but she won this match with, uh, I don't know they call her finisher. I don't know. This is the kick to the head. Yeah, this <laughs> is the kick to the head. Peyton Royce gets on the mic. Peyton Royce promos crack me up because they're so shrill. Yeah, they are. They are so ear-splittingly shrill, which I think plays into her character perfectly. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But my God. They are so horrible to listen to. And they're supposed to be, I guess. Yeah, that's the whole point of it. But, man, wow. Anyways, she uh, lays in. She, she says to Ruby, right, the, the worst thing she can come up with is you're not iconic. And Ruby just like, okay. Yeah. And just walks away. Uh, uh, after that, there was a video package recapping, I want to say, this is whole Bobby Roode thing. Yeah. Um, so the match, main event. Roderick Strong versus Drew McIntyre. Yeah, they were still playing up the whole, why would Drew McIntyre take this match, which makes total sense. Yeah, it makes all the sense. Because it doesn't make any sense that he would take this. You know, supposedly, I mean, he's like, hey, he's like, hey takeover is still a month away. What do I, I have to worry? I can yeah. heal up in a month. It's just Roderick Strong. Um, but anyway, no, it's a fantastic match. Roderick Strong can bring, he's one of those guys, you can put him in there with anybody who's competent. And Drew McIntyre is far better than competent. Yeah. But you can put him in there, anybody who's competent, and he can bring them to a really, really fantastic match. You put him in there with somebody like Drew McIntyre, and they can put on a really, really, really fantastic match. Yeah. Um, and that's what this was. There's a couple spots where uh, Drew was just tossing Roddy mm-hmm. around. Yeah. Like that one suplex early in the match where he's lifting up, you know, effortlessly yeah. through him the mat. Yeah. But then this was Roderick Strong, obviously, was like the most competition Drew McIntyre had seen because yes. then Roderick Strong starts basically chipping away at him. Yeah, yeah. By the end, by, towards the end of the match, Roderick Strong had the upper hand. Right, exactly. Because he's smaller, obviously, than Drew. Drew is a massive human being. And so his strategy was, you know, out-wrestle him. It's small ball, basically, yeah. you know. So, uh, so that was good. Of course, uh, when both men have beaten each other up pretty good, Bobby Roode runs in. Uh, Karen pops Big time for him, and uh, and he starts laying into both of them. Uh, and uh, uh, yeah, the, the episode ends with Bobby holding the NXT title in, in the glorious pose. He gave uh, Roderick Strong, I think, a glorious DDT on the outside, and then gave one to Drew inside the on ring. On the inside of the ring, yeah. And uh, so yeah, be be I, NXT doesn't usually do. Hey, in the day of the show, we're gonna turn this into a triple threat. Wouldn't surprise me in this case if they did this, and I don't think anybody would complain if they did. Even Drew McIntyre, I think, would probably. As long as, see, here's the thing: if you have somebody in there who is willing to fight anybody at any time, legitimately, then I think that character would be okay. Yeah, make it a triple threat. Why not? Still my title shot. Cool. Exactly. I'm still in the running. I can do it. I'll take on any any and all comers. Even though, logically speaking, if you really want your best opportunity, that probably wouldn't be the case. Yes. But uh, let's talk NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 3 now, Steve. Let's do some quick predictions. All right. Sounds good. First match, Johnny Gargano versus Andrade Cien Almas. I think Almas is going to take it because he's, he's not going to do Tranquilo. See, I think he's still in the process. <laughs> he still really wants to do Tranquilo. Yeah, so I think that's ultimately going to cost him the match. They're, they have high hopes for Johnny Gargano. He's going to get a major push. He's winning this match. I, I, think, that, I think that they're going to give him a big push. But I think Almas is already in the middle of a story, and you have to continue that. No, you do have to continue that. The middle of that story is still playing out. Therefore, he's still going to want to tranquilo, and it's going to cost him this match. But he's already he's tranquiloed. He did it once. He, he showed up once on no, TV. No, I know. I, I, I get your point. He got chewed out for, being tra- for tranquiloing. I don't think he's lost that impulse yet. He still wants to tranquilo. 
Zelina Vega is there to keep him focused. This is the stiffest competition he's faced since he's been in his do I train kilo, do I not train kilo character. Yeah. I think he's going to ultimately lose because of that. All right. All Gargano's right. In, in store for a major push. Well, we shall see. We shall see. I want, I still wonder about that. I still I Number one, I think it's going to be fantastic. Yeah, it'll match. be really good. It'll be really good. But I wonder how much of a – you say a big push. Yeah. How much of a push are you talking about? How much of a push can it be? There's like a million people up at the head, and he's small. Oh, I know. But he's going to win. I think, I think he's going to get a relatively – Medium-sized push. He's very popular. I don't think anybody cares about that. I think there's too many people up top for him no, to get a is. real I'm saying, push. I'm not saying he's getting a title shot in two months. Yeah. But he's going to get a decent push until uh, Ciampa comes back. They're going to have their feud. And then they'll See, go on Ciampa to other coming things. back is a ways off. So he doesn't need to start racking up wins just yet. No, I feel like he does because Ciampa's whole attitude of why he injured Gargano is because he didn't want Johnny to become a major star while he was out with injury. Who won in, who won in NXT Sacramento? Gargano. Did Adeo Tommy beat him? No. No. Gargano won? Yeah. He stood tall at the go-home. Drew McIntyre said that was the go-home. He stood tall, so he's going to lose. No, he's not. <laughs> I, don't think that, I don't think that's a lock, though. For, for either one, I don't think it's a lock. Uh, Authors of Pain versus Sanity. Authors of Pain are winning. Yeah, Arthur's paying you in this. And then Sandy can go up to the main roster. I don't know, man. You think they're gonna you think Sandy's going up after SummerSlam? Yeah. I'm trying to play devil's advocate here. Makes all the sense in the world. Besides the fact that, man, I really love Sanity. And I really want to see them just go up to the main roster. Yeah. Which I don't know why I love them in NXT, but they're not really doing anything there. Exactly. I mean, yeah. if if if, if uh, Nikki Cross isn't going to get the women's Doesn't title, isn't it getting boring though? Authors of Pain win again. Kind of. What Unless, about? Wait a bit. Wait a second. What? Why do you think that they're not going to be heading up to Maine after SummerSlam? Right, because I think they they see them as the anchors of the tag division for the time being. Yeah. Until maybe War Machine comes along. Once they, I wonder, they're like, hey, you know what? Just give me three months straight of not almost killing somebody in a match. And then we'll move you up to the main roster. And then we'll move you to the main roster. That could be a two. Next. Hold on, I'm hesitating on this Authors of Pain versus Sanity. Authors of Pain need something to do, and Sanity have numbers. I'm going with Sanity. All right. I'm going to go. Who's fighting, anyways? Who is it? Eric Young and. Uh, no, it's uh, it Damo? Damo and Wolf. I'm going to say Sanity to give Authors of Pain something to chase. Okay. I'm going to say Sanity. I might lose this entire predictions. I might go 0 for 1, 2, 3, No, you're going to get the next match right. Alistair Black. Yeah. <laughs> that was a lock. Alistair Black is absolutely going over a day with Tommy. When do you think Alistair Black is going to lose a match? Um, when he gets on the main roster. <laughs> <laughs> when he when he has to drop the NXT title, yeah. Oscar uh, versus Ember Moon. Ugh. This one's tough. Yeah, man. Hmm. You know what, man? I'll believe it when I see it. I'm gonna say Oscar. I will believe it when I see it. I'll say Ember Moon. All right. Don't really have You're probably here. Here's here's the the obvious case for Ember Moon is they just need to move on. 
they need to move on. But does that mean Oscar's going to go to go to Maine after SummerSlam? They might do the the, the rematch. Yeah, but we've always seen rematches happen, like, you know, concurrently with main rosters. Not necessarily. It's been successive pay-per-views before, or takeovers. Okay, when was the last time that would have happened? Uh, Bailey, Bailey. Did Shinsuke go to Maine before, and Asuka. before Bobby Roode's uh, rematch? Did Shinsuke go to Maine? No, he didn't go to Maine after their first match. He no. didn't double. He didn't do double duty. Yeah, he did. Shinsuke did double duty? Yeah, because it was San Antonio where he lost it, and then Orlando where he lost again. That was Right, but after all, Orlando was when he debuted. That, that, was, that was my question. No, I know, I know. That's what I'm saying, but it's like he lost the belt to San Antonio, uh-huh. had his uh, rematch at the next takeover, and right. then left. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I was saying Oscar's not going to drop it here. Like, when's the last time we saw somebody drop it, go to Maine, and then come back to NXT for the rematch? Oh, that's never happened as far as I know. No, it has happened. Uh, Sasha or Bailey? Sasha did it. Kevin Owens might have. Kevin Owens might have done it too. Uh, Main see. event: Bobby Roode versus Drew McIntyre. Okay, so assuming this is the match. First that of happens. all, let's assume this is the match that actually happens. Since it's been announced. Well, no, we can we can do. There's two predictions to be had here. Number one, will this be a triple threat? And if no. so, who wins? No, I don't think it's gonna be a triple. You threat. don't think it's gonna be a triple threat? Roderick Strong is gonna be at Takeover doing something. Yeah, he'll be. In, I'm not saying he won't get involved in this match, but I don't think it's gonna be a triple threat. And. Takeover has never, they've never given us they don't shenanigans. Use, they yeah. do not do they shenanigans. I know. To their credit. Yeah. Bobby's going to win. Drew's going to win. And that'll get Bobby in the thing with Roderick Strong. Mm-hmm. They don't need the title for that. No, they don't. And, that's, and Roddy said as much. And then Drew will go on to face Adam Cole, baby. Oh, there you go. Yeah, Drew takes on. 99.9% chance that Adam Cole shows up at TakeOver. Oh, that's definitely happening. That is absolutely happening. I don't think he's going to get involved or anything. So let me ask you this. What, I think I asked you this before. Crowd or milling about backstage? Crowd, sure. Crowd's guaranteed, but he could get involved in that. He's not getting involved. Could you imagine if he teamed up, if him and Roderick Strong, like, both jumped to the main event? That'd be something else. That'd be pretty cool. Mm -hmm. I could see that happening. I don't know. I couldn't. I I would not see that happening. It'd be very surprising. It usually doesn't happen. They're not going to have shenanigans at a takeover. There's another one for three months. Well, I mean, they could if if it really builds the story up. They could. They don't usually do it that way, but it could happen. Drew's going to win. Bobby Roode's going to come out in the next taping and be super pissed. And then uh, Adam Cole's going to challenge him. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. Anyways, yeah, I'm going to lose all these. No, I, there's one you're going to get right. Yeah, I know. The, one, the only one that we're both getting right. You Otherwise, all right. you never know. Losing this, losing this, losing this, losing this. But here's my thing. I don't think any of these are like a lock besides Alistair Black. Yeah, that's the only one that's a lock. That's the one that's Let's a lock. Let's say the next closest lock is, is Gargano. Really? Mm-hmm. You are that man. You are that huge on that. It's the second match back. Yeah. He's winning. Yeah, I know, but it's Johnny Gargano. Like, it's not like it's, I don't know. He's winning. I can see the story being that he not a lot. strings together a bunch of wins without Ciampa. Yeah. Gets to be what Ciampa didn't want, a star on his own right, and Ciampa comes back. 
super upset. Where's the tension in that? I say he loses a bunch, and he realizes he can't do it without Ciampa, and then he finally gets it over Ciampa. That's a long ways out, though. That is. Ciampa, when's time? He's like, what, six months two years from now, something no, like that? Six months, probably. I say he goes on a losing streak over takeovers and finally gets a win over Ciampa. I don't think it's going to happen. That was his, because he's still psychologically and emotionally scarred. He, he hasn't really been doing that at all, though. Like, his first promo back, he seemed like, all right, I'm pretty much moved on from this. I know, but that's, see, that's, that's uh, that shouldn't be the case. Good writing would be he loses. Anyways. But then I could do that with a, with a, with a wrestler that's that popular with the NXT crowd. Oh, let's do uh, questions. questions. I, yeah. just, I think you're overstating how popular I think you think he is. He's popular, but he's like, he's not like, I don't know. He's the guy who got, t- he's a little puppy. He's a little puppy popular. Well, I told you my rational Little puppies don't win anything. It's twofold. One, Gargano's popular. Two, almost is in the midst of a character. He's not, or in a storyline. He's not in his fully formed, non-tranquilo state All yet. Right, man. All right. Nemo. Who is the better crazy person, Neville or Kendrick? Neville. Neville. Neville is like all in on his character, dude. And Kendrick is too, but it's Neville. Uh, the Steel City champion, Benny Inzer, dance off. Montez Ford versus Alexander Wolf. Who wins? Montez. Montez, because he, he literally levitates. We only got five dislikes on our uh, morning news clickbait. So as soon as you hit public on the YouTube and it went out to everybody, I looked at that thumb again. I was like, oh, this is the most clickbaity shit. Uh, fine. We don't do it that often. Tommy T. Hey, friendo. So I have to ask, whenever you guys talk about anyone you like, you almost always say at some point they're above being heel or face. My question is, disregarding how Triple H sees it, what wrestlers actually are above being heel or face? Brock Lesnar is. He's who's above heel or who's face? Who's above heel or face? Brock Lesnar. Uh, okay, do you consider Roman Reigns above heel or face? I don't, I but I think that's more is because... Is ignoring heel and face the same thing? No. For me, uh, transcending the, the heel-face spectrum has to do with uh, kind of uh, attaining a certain... Uh, I don't know if popularity is the right word, but it's that people enjoy their work so much that regardless of how they book them, they will cheer them. AJ Styles, he transcends heel or face. No, see, I disagree with that assessment of the heel or face dynamic. Because AJ Styles, nobody wants to boo him. That's not transcending. Brock Lesnar and AJ Styles do not fit the same heel-face dynamic. Brock Lesnar, people cheer him simply because he is a monster and he is so dominant. Yeah, they like to see him beat up people. They like to see him beat up people. Yeah. Even if they book him as a heel, they will cheer him because he's beating people up. Even if creative books him as a heel. If he goes in there and beats up everybody, the crowd will pop. There's a, there's a. I'm not saying that the same, the, the reasoning behind why AJ and Brock transcend heel face is not the same. Okay, all right. I'm not saying that. All I'm right. just saying wrestlers who, regardless of what creative wants to do, the crowd will respond in a very specific I think, way. I think there's a difference though between people just wanting because AJ puts on the most entertaining matches, and people love that so hardcore that, and on top of that. He doesn't. He didn't do anything that was so. Con- Even when he was on the mic as a heel, okay. He threw Shane through a car Kevin Owens. window. Do you think Kevin Owens transcends heel or face? No, he's a heel. He did at times with Jericho. No, he did. Just because you're entertaining doesn't mean you transcend heel face. He's still a bad guy. 
Brock is a Brock is a transcends because people know that he's like the most dominant guy, and they, and he's never around. And absence makes the heart grow fun. I don't think that's the case at all. Absolutely, man. He's the most dominant guy. He is, but I don't think I think people hold it against him that he's never around. You think people hold it against him that he's never around? Mm-hmm. No, if that was the case. They would boo him. If people held it against him, they would boom. There's a certain portion of the of internet fandom that holds it against them. They want their champion around all the time. All right. Agree to disagree. Roman Reigns, though, I think he I think exists. that's a lack of clarity and vision from creative. That's why. Okay, there you go. I was going to use a more abstract metaphor, but there you go. Lack of clarity and vision for Roman Reigns. That's what. That's what. What about John Cena? No, he's a face. He's a face. He's a face. He's a face. Exactly. He carries himself like a face. Yes, the fact does. the crowd boos him doesn't change that at all. <laughs> Brock, with Brock Lesnar, I don't think this is one one aspect of it. Also, is that the the the, the performer themselves has to not care if they're heel or face. And Brock doesn't. Kevin Owens cares. Kevin Owens wants to be. A yeah, heel. he wants to be a heel. Brock does not care. No. Brock doesn't think that he's a heel or face. Brock is just Brock. Nightcrawler, hey friendo, so I recently purchased and read What Culture's new wrestling book with the top 100 active wrestlers today. It was great. So I want you guys to power rank the top five active wrestlers in WWE considering all aspects, not just their wrestling ability. So consider stuff like drawing, power, mic work, and so on. Uh, I mean, if you consider in-ring ability, drawing, power, mic work, then it's John, John Cena is number one. Easily number one. Yeah, it's John Cena. Uh, I would say Seth is mm-hmm. in the top five. AJ's obviously mm-hmm. in the top five. Um, he might put Reigns in there too. Because apparently he draws. Maybe he sells merch or he did at one point. I mean, I hesitate to do so, but if the numbers suggest that if he's worthy based on the metrics we set aside, then yeah. I mean, couldn't you put Enzo in the top five then? <laughs> Well, because he sells a lot of merch. He, also, he, he fulfills two of those categories. Yeah, but he's also crap in the ring. Promo and sells merch. Roman Reigns, crap promo, sells merch. He's good in the ring. He's capable in the ring. He's capable in the ring. Uh, what guy? I mean, you can say his mystique takes place takes the place of promo. Yeah, you could say Because you're talking about character. Yeah. So Shinsuke, maybe. I don't know if Shinsuke draws. I imagine he does. Yeah, I don't know either. I wouldn't put Braun in there. No, not yet. Um, Jinder Mahal. Baron Corbin. <laughs> no! I totally forgot about him. I think everybody else is too. Oh, this is a great question. All right, ask it then. Alex C., do you want them to go full Bronson with Jack Gallagher? Oh, yes. Oh, man, that'd be great. Oh, that'd be great. Are you kidding me? He needs to start getting jacked. Um, King of Hostile, Joshua the Dynamic Knight Martinez. Could you see Roderick Strong getting involved in the title match at Brooklyn to get back at Rude? Maybe that's when the Ring of Honor stable gets assembled. Oh, man. The only reason I would say no is because that's not how they typically operate They in don't do... It's a takeover. You can't have... You can have shenanigans left and right on takeover TV shows. You mean NXT takeover? Or NXT, takeover. yes. NXT uh, TV shows. But unless there's some... Here, here's the only way that they can get away with it. If Adam Cole's involved, because that would pop the crowd. It would super pop the crowd. That's a, that's a defining moment. You're okay with that. It's That's good. Yeah, and then yeah. You, could, you could interrupt the title match you could do to that. close takeover if Adam Cole's involved, because that's major. That's huge. Dom the Man Hilberg, co-winner of Chat Trivia yesterday. Yes. Hey, friendos, prediction time. Jinder versus Nakamura, 
Over or under three stars? Three stars exactly. <laughs> I was going to say that, too. Three, exactly three stars. Um, Eddie Jose Guevara Minivar. Minivar. Is Neville the best on the mic with the most intriguing character in the whole WWE right now? Who is better as a whole package than, than him if there is anyone? Who is he talking about? Neville? Yeah. Neville might be the most interesting, compelling character in all of WWE TV right now. <laughs> I, I, I will not disagree with that. He really is. He's fantastic. God, he's so good. The only person, this is especially after going to the NXT house show, that compares is Bobby Roode. Like, could you Bobby Roode is so good. He's so good. He is so entertaining. I know. He really is. Um, isn't it? I mean, could you, would you have ever predicted that Austin Aries versus Neville, uh, Neville would have outshined Austin Aries to such a degree? Because now when you look back on it, in retrospect, in hindsight, with more clarity of vision, Neville just completely outshone him. Oh, yeah. Insane. Brock without the K. Lesnar. Who would you guys hire Lars Sullivan or Braun Strowman to be the official going in raw bodyguard? Oh, it's Lars Sullivan. Absolutely, it's Lars Sullivan. It'd be great. Because you could, you like, drive him on the road. He seems like a funny guy. Braun does, too. Yeah, Braun's that Juno thing. Oh, no, I didn't see that. It's really good. But yeah, they both seem like funny guys. You'll like this one. Tyler Farrar. What are the odds we see Kendrick? The uh, other co-winner of Chat Trivia. Yes. Um, have a gun at the duel next week. <laughs> uh, zero, but sadly, I'd like it to be 100. It'd be fantastic. One more question and then we're done. Yeah, it's lunchtime. Uh I typically, I typically, and I disagree with this. I typically don't like reading two questions from the same person, but Alex C. kills it every time. Alex C., as much as I love Angelo Dawkins, has anyone ever become a Genetti as fast as him? Montez Ford is so much money. I disagree. I, I agreed with that week one, and then I saw him again week two, and I think that those two guys together have so much damn chemistry that I could see them going so far together. Yeah. But Montez Ford is so much money. Oh, yeah. He is so much money. So that question, as much as it amuses me, and superficially you could say yes, I, I want to say no. Because literally one of the first things you said about Street Profits. Have you ever seen is that Dawkins was the genity of the pair? Well, okay. Athletically speaking, have you ever seen somebody look so unathletic because they're next to somebody who is so otherworld athletic. Like Angelo Dawkins, I don't think he's a very athletic guy. You can you can wear a headband and some basketball shorts as much as you want. He's not like that weird mover he does where he's got somebody in the corner and then he just sort of spins oh, up the 360 uh, splash. Come on. It's like what? That's 110 splash, if that. That dude is not, dude, he is not 360 in the air. He is not 360 in the air, and he gets maybe three inches of air in the first place. He is, he is not that athletic. I mean, it's like, come on, it's like Montez Ford and Steven there. Give me a break. I could be a street prophet. Uh, yeah, so I could see that, but I, I, I think that the group together are going to be so over. 
And I think that's going to help Angelo Dawkins a lot yeah. in terms of him not being a Genetti. Yeah. That's what I'll say. Yes. Because I really like them both. Yeah. Oh, man. Anyways, that's it. That's it. That's it for NXT 205 Live Recap. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with our uh, Dirt Sheet Predictions uh, hybrid episode. And then I think we're going to do something about the G1 for Countout. I thought we were going to do uh, matches we want it. That seems easy enough. Yeah, we can put that together quick like. Awesome. Thanks for watching. Until next time, we'll talk to you guys later. Bye. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Your words? Less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today.